What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Infinity Sports. If you are listening to the show, we certainly appreciate you streaming or downloading the episode. Obviously, if you want to get more of the show, you want some bonus content, for lack of a better word, please visit YouTube. You can see the videos that we put up there. You can find our logo on the channel, the Infinity Sports logo. Make sure while you're there watching the video, you like the video. That's going to be the thumbs up just underneath the screen. Let's us know that we're doing a good job. Also, subscribe to the channel because that way, not only are you going to get updates on the videos, but you're going to be able to find the channel easier because right now it's a little bit difficult to find. If you're watching the live video on Facebook, make sure you hit the share button. You can actually share the stream with your page. You can share it with groups that you're part of. Definitely get some more eyes on the show. Like the show again. Tell us how we're doing. And, of course, comment. You get to be part of the show. No matter what you type in there, we're going to put it up on the screen, and uh, you get to be part of the show. So it's uh, have some fun with that. Yeah, should be a good time. So how are we doing, guys? I'm Sully, you know, here with my boy <laughs> Wayne G. I was going to introduce Sully after the video, but, hey, this is Sully, and uh, yeah. we'll We'll do it again. I'm just going to click the video here, and you guys uh, sit back. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Everybody, it is Wangey and Sully. You got the intro at the start for the second, um, time. second time. Yeah, definitely excited to get the show started here. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, we've got a big one today, so it should be a, a definitely a great one. We got a lot going down. We got to talk some prospects. We're gonna do some trivia that I completely forgot about. Um, we are going <laughs> to run down the championship games. We got a huge day in sports today. Honestly, there's a lot going down. Uh, Canelo's fighting tonight. Um, I know we may not get to it, but you know, I mean, it, we got a packed one today, so it's really exciting. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Obviously, if you guys want to check us out, you can find the audio version of the show. You're probably already listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon music. And we already mentioned YouTube. Make sure you give us a likes and subscribes and on social media, infinity sports podcast on both uh, Facebook and Instagram and at sports infinity five on Twitter, visit the website. I got to get a new graphic for the, uh, apparel, but people obviously can get their, you know, apparel you know, there. And we have the new images. If you visit the Facebook page, we got, I think, who is it? Patrick Mahomes and LeBron James rocking the infinity sports gear. You know, I mean, we just got stars everywhere, you know, at this point we're, we're, who can't we put, or who, who won't wear our clothes? You know what I'm saying? It's pretty wild. Uh, Jesse chimes in. Morning, boys. So, obviously, thank you for watching, Jesse. We appreciate it. Hey, morning, Jesse. How you doing, Doug? I know you guys got that wicked snow up there, man. You Both of you. God, I would die. Yeah, I mean, up to my waist. When I went outside uh, two days ago, it was up to my waist, and I had to get the snowblower out, and it took me uh, several hours just to make it look like we had had a snowstorm. It was just the apocalypse. I'm out here, and, and literally, this is what I'm walking around outside in today. So, you know, we're sleeveless out here in Florida. Well, we certainly hate you for it. And <laughs> obviously, one of the big things we're going to do today, we uh, I played the game with Jesse last episode, and that is you don't know your favorite. 
we did Major League and we did uh, Remember the Titans. Today, uh, Sully and I are actually tackling a couple of different movies. Uh, we talked about it a little bit ahead of time. I'm going to be doing The Princess Bride. This is the 1987 cult classic. Nobody hates this movie. It is an all-time classic. I know almost the entire movie. Sully went with Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler, another one that I actually know really well. I did not have to look up any of these questions. I knew them all by heart. And the best part is, Sully, I explained this to you uh, off the air, is that every one of these was mentioned in the film. So Jesse had to get me with things like, you know, what was the soda machine brand in the locker room of Major League, which that's the only way you can stump me. I'm not doing that to you. These are all things that were actually said out loud in the movie. So, Word. Can we move this to the end of the segment, though? Would, would we mind doing that? No, I don't mind. Do you want a little bit of time? We'll, we'll come yeah, back. Yeah, like I it. said, I, uh, you know, I failed to prepare for this one. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I completely forgot we were doing this, so I need to load up some questions for you real quick. Happy Gilmore, I'm not worried about. I'll crush that. I don't need to rewatch the movie. But I do need to come up with some questions for you. Okay. Well, well let's keep it. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you're going to have time in this next segment as we skip around. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, wait. I skipped that. Yeah. Uh, oh, process. yes. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, we, yeah, we can knock it out after this. I'll be fine. Uh, I'll be able to, to duel, to duel, knock this shit out. Um, so Jesse says uh, Wayne was three for five. So I stumped him twice. That is true. And that is true. I, I watched it. I watched it back. Uh, I, congratulations, Jesse. Yeah. I was very upset about it because I was talking a lot of smack heading into it. Yeah. He uh, was steamed up. He wasn't happy, Jesse. Congratulations, <laughs> bro. I'm happy for you. Doug. All right, so Sully's prospects. I mean, we got five new ones today. We haven't talked about any of these guys. Um, I guess we're starting off. I don't know how to pronounce four out of the five names, so I'm going <laughs> to let you take the lead. Uh, first one on the list is going to be Jason Owe, which, I mean, that's probably the dopest name we've had in a long time. Um, first word, freak of nature. Uh, this kid's reportedly going to run a 4-3 um, at 6'5", 260. Um, I mean, if you watch him play, he he legit gets off the ball like he's a wide receiver. He's so fast and explosive and just, I mean, a freak athlete. Obviously, what comes with that is, you know, his his lack in the run game is is there. I mean, he needs to get stronger in the run game. He just needs to. He needs to develop secondary moves. But, I mean, he's done that this year. He's actually shown that a lot this year. But coming into it, he had, like, really no power, no second move kind of thing. Um, no plan. You know, he'd go into – to the pass rush and, and not really have a plan. And meanwhile, you look at guys like Nick Bosa and, and that's why they excel, you know, because they have a plan for what they're going to do um, as well as being a freak of nature. So this kid's developed kind of as a pass rusher this season. And I mean, I've only got him at, I think, what have I got him at 22 or 25 or 27? I don't even know where I'm at right now. Um, and he has a chance to go a lot, lot, lot higher than that. Now, the note I read on him, uh, and maybe you can explain how this translates to him as a player, is he gives up his chest too early in the run game. Yeah, so essentially what he's doing is he's coming out and he's standing straight up. And as an offensive lineman, if you can get your hands inside right here, the game it's over. You've lost as a defensive lineman. And he does that a lot. So, again, if he can get off the ball and burst around a guy, he's, he's obviously going to beat you. But what he can't do is he doesn't use his hands effectively in the run game. He doesn't base well in the run game. Um, he's actually uh, essentially a liability for the most part in that in that spot. So he really needs to get stronger there. And he has this year. He has improved, but he still needs to improve more, to be honest with you. I think it's okay to be that third down specialist rusher. Dwight Freeney made a career out of it. 
Except Dwight Freeney also had a whole textbook of moves, including that spin move, which was lethal. So. Which is absolutely lethal. And and to be fair, I mean, honestly, he projects a lot like Brian Burns for me. Now, Brian Burns was uh, honestly a more developed pass rusher, and we're seeing that this year. I mean, the guy's just absolutely exploded this year, and he's a monster. But, uh, I mean, he he's, he's essentially the same guy. He's extremely athletic. He's not going to do much for you in the run game. But and we've seen Brian Burns be able to develop and and things like that. So uh, I mean, if Jason Owe follows the same thing and and turns into a, a dominant pass rusher, he's obviously worth you know a top fifteen pick at that point. Yeah. So from the defensive line to the offensive line, uh, we've got Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, he's the offensive guard from USC. Um, God, the guy's just smart. He's just a really smart football player. Um, he really doesn't give up a lot of pressures. He's given up seven pressures in 590 pass blocking snaps. Um, I mean, he's just, he's a monster in the pass game. Um, in the run game, he's not so much. Um, his hands are not good. He does not have a good punch. He does not fire off the ball really well. Um, he needs to get stronger there, but honestly, this is a passing league. And I mean, when you, protect as well as he does in the passing game i mean you're gonna get picked really 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 high uh he's a smart guy he's really not at a position a lot so i mean when you put yourself in a good spot as an offensive lineman you're gonna win a lot of reps now what i read about him and this is where maybe where he's kind of a rough project is so he'd started off as a guard at usc kind of moved to tackle uh the note i have here on him is that he's very top heavy and slow feet for a tackle he can get beat by speedier ed rushers but he's very good at over above average athleticism for a guard. But if he's not a good run blocker, guards really are the strength of your run blocking game. So it's kind of a weird. It is. I mean, he's in a tough spot again. Like, I mean, like, I mean, he goes to a team like the, like the chiefs or like the Tampa Bay or something like that, where they utilize the run game in different ways. You don't necessarily have to fire off the ball and like mow guys over like you do in Baltimore, essentially. Um, uh, I think he'll really excel. Truthfully, I do. I mean, I think he has a chance to be an extremely, extremely talented right guard uh, or left guard. Honestly, I think he suits more to a to a left guard. But um, yeah, I mean, I think he's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So who we got next? We have Christian Darisaw, who, I mean, if you talk about a rise, I mean, this kid wasn't in my top hundred to start the season, and. I mean, you can't deny what he's doing. He's got a 95.6 grade right now at tackle, which is, I mean, that's like, I mean, that's pure dominance. It doesn't matter who you are, what you did before. It's like a Joe Burrow type season. Like it really is just an offensive tackle. It's it's insane to watch his progression from last year to this year. He's just, I, I mean, he's fucking good man i'm sorry for the language it's it i mean he's really he's got a chance to go ahead of all the tackles i listed ahead of him like he really other than penny Sewell, like he's got a real good shot to be a, a top 10 tackle and the second tackle off the board i just don't have him there yet because i i mean i really i just got to go deeper into it i mean i didn't i mean literally he wasn't a player i scouted like i've watched maybe four games uh, i mean like two games if that um of his tape and then uh was kind of like okay he's a third round fourth round guy you know i'll move on because at the at the point tape where i'm watching that i want to just watch the top 50 guys and see and try to pick out my top 50 guys um so if i don't see that immediately on tape i'll move past um this year's tape it's insane i mean it, it, it's special tape 
That's what I was going to say. Is like, I'm curious if you have a chance to look at last year's tape versus this year's tape. What is it he's doing different? It mirroring guys, his footwork is just, I, I mean, it's light years ahead of what it was last year. Um, he's Again, he's not in a bad position a lot. And when you're an offensive lineman and you're putting yourself in a, in a position to win the rep, a lot of times you're going to. I mean, again, you're stopping forward momentum, which is already hard enough. So if you get yourself in a good base and, and you you have good hands and things like that, I, I mean, it's – plus he's stupid athletic. It's, it's kind of just like he's harnessed – like all of that and he, and he brought his like mind like you see it when when a guy's like head game becomes in sync with his athletic game um it's it's just you, he turns a corner and it looks like that's what's happening right here well and to what you were saying too like being maybe the second guy off the board behind penny sewell at the tackle position we saw last season uh after the combine makai becton who was just a freak athlete at the combine not the most polished pass rusher in college, but he goes really high because of how athletic he was. So again, this guy could go to the combine test really athletic and he has great tape on him on how he passed protects. So he could be like that top 10 pick, right? Uh, he, he really could. I, I mean, and this one passed, I mean, he passed protects, I mean, exponentially better than Makai Becton. Now he's not the freak athlete, you know, Makai Becton was, you know, six, seven, three, seven, you know, he was a fucking monster. He's literally a house on, feet um but i mean he does have the potential to go very 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 high all right who do we have after that um i believe we're at trevor mooring um who uh, my first i believe my first safety on the board i could be wrong I, i'd have to go back and check the whole full big board here let me give it a little check check yeah it's my first safety on the board which i, I mean very well he should be i know javon holland's going to be a lot of people's first safety, but Trevor Mooring is just a freak of nature right now. Um, he's just, I mean, it's, it's fun to watch a guy this big, this athletic be this fluid in coverage um, at six two two ten. I mean, he's a legit like Romer center fielder. Who's got size and speed and explosiveness. He can tackle his coverage abilities. Insane. I, I'm 90% sure he he's led the, uh, NCAA in, in pass breakups uh, for safeties both years now, last year and this year. Um, and, and I mean, PBUs. And, I mean, that's an incredible stat to have as, as like, a safety. Uh, I love his game. I, lo- I think he's the perfect, like, do-it-all safety that you're looking for in this league. See, now, when I was looking up, again, I always try to find, like, the knocks on the guy. And mm-hmm. looking up the knocks on him, they said that as a, a one-deep safety, he's phenomenal. He reads the field well. He's just the best center fielder out there. Like, kind of everything he can do is just flawless. Mm-hmm. But in man coverage, he gets fooled a lot in double moves, and he's very aggressive, so he tries to jump things. He is aggressive. Um, but, I, I mean, to be fair, again, as I mean, you're not putting your safeties in a lot of man-to-man coverage spots anyway. Um, and I mean, truth be told, it wasn't what they ran at TCU. I mean, over 70% of his snaps, he was, you know, a, a deep safety in Earl Thomas, essentially. And I mean, he plays it to a T now. I mean, do I want him isolated in man on man? Probably not. Uh, I mean, you don't really want many safeties doing that, but again, what he does in like, I, I would feel completely comfortable playing him inside the box as well. Now I wouldn't be, he wouldn't be Jamal Adams, but I wouldn't mind putting him in the box and playing zone on a slot guy or covering a running back out of there. I, I think he's fantastic. Okay. And I think that just leaves uh, Carlos Basham, right? Yep. Carlos Basham, who, I mean, started the season, 
I mean, he had the potential to be a top 10 pick in my opinion. Um, I mean, he's disappointed this year uh, to an extent. I mean, he's still just an athletic freak. I mean, he's so I talk about this a lot. All of all of most of these guys will be very high on my board. Uh, Bruce Feldman, he's on Bruce Feldman's freak list. Um, he's 6'5", 275, who's just, I mean, God, he's powerful, dude. He's so strong. He's the complete opposite of the pass rushers I've listed ahead of him so far. Um, God, think like Trey Flowers kind of pass rush when he was good. Um, uh, things like, like, I mean, he's going to beat a lot of people like in the power game and, and I mean, he's got hands to like excel to, um, the issue becomes he's really inconsistent. And when you're playing at Wake Forest and you're not beating the level of competition, like you should, that's kind of worrisome, but I mean, I mean, 11 sacks is hard to ignore, you know, 36 hurries, 37 hurries last year or the year before that. I mean, he's, he's just, I mean, he's good. I guess the, and I'm surprised you called him an athletic freak. Cause again, when I was doing my research, they said that uh, the book I read on him is that he has an entire catalog of moves. He identifies the run game instantly and knows where to attack the run game. Um, but that he lacks ath- uh, elite athleticism. No, that's, I mean, it, elite edge athleticism, maybe. Like, I mean, the guy's going to, he's 6'5", 275, and he's probably going to run in the 4.5s, 4.6s. He's going to three cone really well. I mean, it's just, he's not bending the corner like a guy who's 250. Um, but, I mean, to not to call him not an athlete, I think, is a little, mm. It sounds like his strength is definitely uh, defending the run, though, right? More so than I mean, no, no. I mean, again, he had 11 sacks last year, 37 pressures. I mean, he'll get after the quarterback. It's just, yeah, I mean, obviously he can play the run, but I mean, I mean, he'll get after the quarterback. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is uh, Sully's top prospects. Obviously, we are going to head into a section that I like to call the news, but I don't have a graphic for it, so we're just going to skip over the music. <laughs> And get to the first bit of news, which Sully has a pretty big uh, baseball. Yeah, I mean, the MLB has decided to recognize Negro League stats and put them in with um, MLB stats. And therefore now Josh Gibson becomes the leader in OPS. Uh, the A lot of guys get bumped out of the top 10 in average of all time because Josh Gibson goes in there. I believe Oscar Charlton Charleston goes in there. Um, so I don't know. There's a lot of mixed feelings about this, honestly. I love the idea that they're recognizing their stats. I don't know if I love the idea of combining them. Though. I like the idea of combining them. I guess my first thought was when they said that all the records are going to be records and whatnot, that I was like, oh, Josh Gibson is now the all-time home run leader because you'd heard the myths of him hitting 900 career home runs or something like that. Well, upon research, because I guess this guy, and I have the note here, um, Scott Simkis is the founder of Outside Baseball Outreach. He said they've collected every box score from every uh, Negro League game, and they're just compiling the stats right now. They said Josh Gibson really had more like 225 home runs or 230 home runs. They said he probably hit 900 home runs in his career, but a lot of them were exhibition games or internationally played games, kind of like Acuna hit a home run down in Venezuela recently. That yeah. wouldn't count. That's yeah. that kind of home runs he hit. But uh, overall, the stats compared to Babe Ruth are, are like neck and neck. He hit 365 to Ruth's 342, um, 690, uh, you know, 
slugging, 449 uh, on base percentage. I actually had the OPS as 1139 for him as opposed to 1164 for Root. Oh, I, from everything I heard, he's going to take over the OPS. I could be wrong um, because, again, these are st- if they're now compiling new stats, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, let's put baseball reference has Josh Gibson as a higher OPS. Um, now that again, that may change with, you know, new facts and things like that. Um, but uh, my struggle with it is, is they weren't playing the same competition. So how can you combine the stats? That's my only like frustration with it. Like I get it and I understand we want to give them their due rights. And, you know, uh, truthfully, this doesn't make up for all the wrongs that baseball has done to black players and really not acknowledged to be fair. Um, but it's a start, and I just don't know if it's the right one, to be honest. Well, because obviously this became a, somewhat of a debate topic on Sports Soup, which is a group we're both part of, where I think the question was asked, what about female stats when they played while the guys went to war? They had the, the female baseball league. Like, should they be included in Major League stats? And I said, yeah, why not? I don't care. So if you give what's-her-name Dorothy, whatever her name is, the real life, Dottie, whatever, she, yeah. you know, she had – 100 baseball hits. She's got 100 major league hits. I have no problem saying that. I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the problem with it? I mean, it's they didn't play each other. Like how it wasn't – so you've, you're okay with WNBA stats being the same as NBA stats? Um, No. Uh, because what the did, fuck? How is there any difference? They have two separate leagues. There wasn't. So two was this Negro no, League weren't. and the MLB were two separate leagues, but for different reasons. It doesn't matter. It matters to me. There's still two separate leagues. It, it's semantics as to why it, it, your argument can't be they're two separate leagues. That can't be your argument. But they're two separate leagues that are going on at the same time. Plus, if you look Stope at is the Negro League and the I MLB, <laughs> but the difference is is that. What, so gender and race are, are two different yes. segregation points yes. for you? Yes, way too different. Because, all right, men versus women in basketball versus a white guy versus a black guy in basketball. Same thing? Well, no, obviously okay. not. But there's still two different leagues. Like Because one isn't able to compete in this league. In the Negro League's case, they were able to compete. They just weren't allowed to. Tell that to Caitlin Fuller or whatever her fucking name is. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll compare her to Steven Goskowski when she starts kicking 63-yard field goals. I mean, I'm just saying, maybe if we let women play a long time ago, they would be able to play with us now. We would never know Okay, because it's sexist. I guess. I just think that they can't compete with us. Sexism is okay to you, but racism is not. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Yes. What wonderful twist. doesn't like women. Wonderful twist. Mm Mm-hmm. Not in comedy, anyways. But <laughs> <laughs> not in comedy. Nobody <laughs> likes women comedians. <laughs> we are a sexist show. See. <laughs> uh, so my opinion is, I'm jumping into the NBA, and obviously we have video slash uh, images coming out of Fat James Harden, who last past Tuesday he shows up to play against the Spurs after a lengthy, um, you know, holdout, and he just really looks like uh, he did nothing but eat during this quarantine. <laughs> he got really big. But then the game starts, and I'm going to tell you, he, he looked like James Harden. He's got the step back three. You know, he had uh, the good court vision. He had the explosiveness. It wasn't like he was being locked down by guys. So it, it isn't like he's, you know, suffered. But my problem with it is they're trying to trade him. He wants to be traded, you know. And they've got reports now where, you know, Houston's coming out saying, well, we want 
Ben Simmons and three for James Harden. Well, not if he's 397 pounds. <laughs> yeah, James Harden's not doing much for his uh, trade case here. Um, I mean, you would think he'd just show up and ball out, and then kind of, that way, you know, he could kind of demand to go anywhere he wanted to. But at this point, I mean, now there's reports that, you know, they're reaching out to other teams outside of his demands and things like that. I mean, he, he may end up in – Memphis or so, you know what I mean? Like, like he better watch himself, eat well, that barbecue all day. Well, I was, I would actually uh, send him to Cleveland just out of spite. And I wouldn't even care what they sent me back. Just like, you know, Hey, you're going to Cleveland. I mean, I hear you there. Uh, well, let me ask you this. So, you know, what do you think about, cause I've had this debate with people where, where Giannis just signed a huge contract, super max contract. And I've seen guys saying, uh, Oh, all you guys, you know, making fun of him because he's going to be stuck in Milwaukee. He can demand a trade now. And I'm like, well, not really because – and Harden really can't either because they're not in the last year of their deal. deal. Yeah. I mean, he has no leverage. Houston can say, tough crap, Harden, you're sticking here. And he either plays or he doesn't get paid $37 million. So he's got 37 million reasons to play. He can't really hold out. Yeah, I mean, he has really no, like you said, he has no leverage. There's nothing he can do. I mean, he's got to play. He's got, like, you know, he's got to show up. He's got to pay his dues. Essentially, I don't. I mean, he's got no leg to stand on here. I mean, first and foremost, demanding the Russell Westbrook trade, essentially, and then now demanding a trade out. I just, I, I mean, I think it just looks poor. So it does, and I think that it seems like the front runner, based on the packages that we've been seeing is the New Jersey Nets uh, with Kyrie Irving because they're going to try to send you, uh, who is it, uh, Allen, um, uh, Levert, right? uh, Dinwiddie, I would assume. Dinwiddie, yeah, yeah. So a couple guys who are pretty solid and will fit in with John Wall and Boogie Cousins, who both looked pretty good in their preseason debut. They're healthy again, which is good. Um, that seems like the most logical fit, I guess, but I would have to think somebody's got to be able to put up a better offer than that, right? I mean, what, though? Um I really don't like understand like what what else anybody could give for the most part. I mean, like I was looking around, like you said, for like a wing player, and like I mean, there's not a lot of great wing players. Like I, I, the only thing, and I, this would be wild, is Boston and Boston um, getting rid of Jalen Brown maybe for James Harden like Jalen Brown and a, and a couple firsts or something like that for for James Harden I mean I wish they I bet they wish they would have kept Gordon Hayward cuz maybe I mean Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward gets it done for sure and they would be happy to do that I think and honestly Gordon Hayward is in uh, Charlotte No I, that's why I said I wish they wouldn't have let him go to Charlotte at this point you know what I mean um now, I don't know how James Harden would fit with, like, Kemba and then Tatum. I think, actually, that would work, though, to be honest with you. So, Kemba's I don't where know. I don't think it fits. I, just, I don't like the idea of James Harden, to me, is a point guard. He's a one. He, he gets eight, nine, ten assists a game. He's a triple-double machine. You want him handling the ball. Kemba Walker is a ball-dominant player. So you're either moving Kemba Walker to the two or you're moving Harden to the two because you can't have two ones back there at the same time. I just don't think it works other than like, you know, sometimes you have reserves come in, but that's not the same. I'm saying like two star players who are both point guards. It doesn't work. So for me, I think the, the that makes the most sense for Houston doesn't make any sense for the other team is to Sacramento for Buddy Heald who wants out and for Marvin Bagley. So Marvin Bagley and Buddy Heald would be a really good get for James Harden. 
But James Harden to Sacramento doesn't make them any better. I mean, I don't know about that. I mean, yeah. I mean, lo- I think James Harden to any team makes them better. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. But then, of course, we have De'Aaron Fox and Harden, who, again, they're both point guards. So it's like, although I think De'Aaron Fox could play the two. I think so as well. Um, I definitely think so as well. But, man, I don't know. Like, it's just, again, it's just so hard to find a spot for a guy because you're asking for so much back. So it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's a lot. Um, and then you had some NFL news. Looks like. You, uh, Alex Smith, man, the guy can't catch a break. He's out. We got Dwayne Haskins starting for the Washington football team. Um, Washington kind of gave up on him as their quarterback of the future. Uh, if he comes out and balls out, I don't know. Do they, do they give him a relook or I, I don't know. I feel like Ron Rivera has kind of sold the ship on Haskins. Um, and, and really has just, going to cut ties with him but i mean obviously if he does well and leads them you know to a playoff run here you kind of got to have to keep him as a starter right well i would think so and to me haskins i like him and i know that his last year of college he had 50 touchdowns eight interceptions and when you look at his body of work in college he's a true true pocket passer like he ran the ball six times a game in college which is like nothing and yeah. he's 6'4", 240. He runs a five-second 40. He's not super mobile. You know, He's a stand back there and throw the ball kind of guy. I'm wondering if when he came into the league, and maybe this is kind of my the back of my mind, I always think that there's still racism in the league. They thought we're getting a black quarterback. We need to scheme a Lamar Jackson-type offense around him. And that's not who he is. Um, It's not at all. Um, I mean, he is a pocket passer through and through. I mean, to be fair. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Cause I think Ron Rivera tried to do more what he did with Cam Newton to be, to be fair, not, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, but I, I don't know. It, it's just, it's such a tough spot too. Cause when you get in there and you're not tied to a guy as part of the franchise, like, I mean, you're not really gonna like put a lot of investment into him at that point. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to try to make your playbook suit him and things like that. You're going to make him fit you because if he fails, oh, well, it's not my fault kind of thing. You know, like I didn't pick him. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, let me ask this because here's a question that obviously anytime these young quarterbacks fall out of favor with a franchise, the New England Patriots comes up because they need a young quarterback or they need a quarterback uh, to lead them into next season and beyond. And I know obviously Sam Darnold's been thrown out there because the Jets are going to take Trevor Lawrence with the first overall pick. If they don't, then they're completely nuts, um, which I've seen people propose that. And, you know, I've always said that I actually, if I was the Jets, wouldn't take him, but I also wouldn't keep the first pick. I would trade down and build through more picks. Um, you don't stay at one and not take him. That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'm saying so like Darnold's been out there. Now I'm sure Haskins will be available. And based on how he's performed in two half a seasons, uh, I think that you could get him really cheap, maybe a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. He's still under contract for two years, you know. And if I'm New England, he's a pocket passer. You know, do you take a chance on a guy like that, or are there other guys like Gardner Minshew is going to be available? Would he? Would you prefer him? Um, what do you think? Um, I think I would prefer probably both of them um, over like anybody after like like if you're not taking a quarterback in the first two rounds. 
Like, I obviously, I think I'd try to roll with a guy who's already been in the league. You know what I mean? Because I think he can, you know, he's already adjusted to essentially the speed of the league and things like that. Um, my only issue is, like, I mean, I don't think you're getting Dwayne Haskins for a fourth. Uh, the guy still was the number three overall pick two years ago. Um, like, like everybody talks about Sam Darnold's value. Like, he'll still get a second on the market. Like, I, I truly do think he would. Was also completing more than fifty-eight percent of his passes. No, I, I understand, but again, like, I mean, somebody's gonna f- love Dwayne Askins' arm. I mean, like, it, they just are. Like, it, it is a special arm. He's got a lot of arm talent. I just, I, I think he screams Jameis Winston to me. So, um, I don't know. Winston can get out of the pocket and create with his feet, and and Haskins can't really do that as much. So I, I don't know. To me, it's like you've got a pocket passer who's not I mean, accurate. It's okay to have a mobile quarterback who's not accurate, but not a pocket passer who's not accurate. Jameis Winston is not a mobile quarterback. Okay, he's not. He has never been. I mean, I'm pretty sure he ran like a five zero in the forty, like legit. <laughs> like I'm not even. Like I'm pretty sure he ran a five zero in the forty. Okay, so they're probably very comparable then. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, if I, as a Patriots fan, my hope is for Dak Prescott uh, that you know the Cowboys don't re-sign him, or they do, and they're looking to trade him with the franchise again. Uh, is that he could go to New England? I think he'd be a great fit with what they do. Um, New England. Yeah, I think it'd be a really good fit, New England. Actually, I think. I mean, <laughs> if I'm being fair, I think a lot of these guys would. I think Gardner Minshew, Sam Darnold, or Dwayne Haskins would be a really good fit there because, again, they're you're they're a quarterback that you essentially know can already play quarterback. Um, so it's it's like. Um, why would you take a risk on a guy like a Kyle Trask who I, I love or like a, a Trey Lance or something like that when you know you can just grab a guy like this and then essentially he's he's ready to play. You just have to make sure like, you know, you tailor an offense to make sure he's ready to play. And from the pros to the NCAA, as Danny DeVito said in Twins, tonight is your night, bro. Uh, they have two big games today, right? Got uh, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Alabama, Florida. Uh, starting things off with Notre Dame, Clemson. Obviously, Notre Dame beat Clemson the first time; that's their only loss. Uh, they're playing each other now. And looking over the game, it was forty-seven forty. Was a double overtime. They didn't have Trevor Lawrence. They had uh, the backup, who also threw for four hundred thirty-nine yards and no interceptions. But I don't know. I think Clemson's going to win this, and I think that knocks Notre Dame out of the college football playoff picture. One hundred percent, it does. I mean, it should. Uh, their biggest win is over a team where they didn't have the best player in the country. And then I truly expect Clemson to come out and win and win handedly today. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a pretty, you know, decided victory and Notre Dame's going to move pretty far down. The only issue becomes then is, is who moves up. Um, and I think that'll be Florida, honestly. Well, here's my question. So the Notre Dame-Clemson, the first game, Notre Dame did a fantastic job controlling the ground. So Travis Etienne had 18 carries for 28 yards in that game. Like he didn't do anything. They, they stuffed him completely. Now, so you take away the running game. They didn't stop the passing game at all. Because like I said, um, uh, how do you say it? is it Ujulele? The quarterback, yes. Yeah. DJ Ujulele. Ujulele. So he had 439 yards passing. But I guess they said, well, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and my question is, if they do that again, if they come out and they say, we're going to hold Travis Etienne to 30 yards rushing, can they beat Trevor Lawrence? No. Okay. 
So if you look back and like look like you know like DJ Ojeleje like misses like yes he had a great game and things like that but he misses throws in big time spots that Trevor Lawrence does not miss and that Trevor Lawrence makes completes you know and it changes the aspect of the game Trevor Lawrence does not take sacks in overtime he's just not going to do it so you know like that changes the outcome of the game immensely um, don't get me wrong I don't think they're going to have to throw for 400 yards I really don't I mean this Clemson team is going to come out fucking pissed they they want to win and you know um uh god i'm blanking on his name the coach oh uh, Dabo's uh Dabo. Dabo's gonna have his team ready you know what i mean like Dabo's an intense guy he's gonna have his team ready to play ball um and i i think they're gonna win i really do and then you know a segue into the next game the florida bama game i think florida's got a shot to win this football game and if they win this football game and notre dame loses I think Florida's got a shot to sneak in. I really do. I don't see any way if they beat Alabama, you you leave the SEC champion out of the net. Now, I know they just lost another game to LSU, but obviously the committee looks at that game with not a lot of disappointment. Like, uh, they didn't move. They moved them down a spot. So, uh, I'm t- I don't know, man. I think now it all obviously depends on Florida beating Alabama, which is a huge if, but – I think they got a shot, and if they do, I'd, I'd watch out for Gators to sneak in there. Well, here's my thing on the Alabama-Florida uh, game is that both teams have played LSU, right? Uh, Florida lost 37-34. They had three really bad turnovers in that game. Uh, Alabama won 55-17, to but they didn't turn the ball over like that. So if you took Alabama, you gave them three turnovers that turn into scores, Alabama loses 38-34. So it's a very similar game. And when I looked at the yards they gave up, Alabama gave up just as many yards to LSU as Florida did. So really it was just the turnovers. It really was. And I mean, Kyle Trask played a a pretty poor game. Um, The offensive line really played a a really, really, really bad game. Um, But I I mean, I don't know. I think they've, they really do have a shot. That offense is special, and I think the defense can do enough to contain. That's the issue. They got to do enough to contain Devontae Smith. But I think they have a chance to. So, I mean, it, it's it, my, it's going to be a tough one. My concern is that uh, Florida gave up 416 yards uh, to LSU, or 418 yards of total offense to LSU. LSU averages 416 yards. So basically they let them have their average. Alabama averages over 500 yards of offense. If you give up their average to them, you're going to lose handily. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to just – so the key to stopping Alabama is you can't let them get over the top of you you got to kind of let them force to nickel and dime you down the field, I think. And I think that's the way to beat them because they've turned into an offense that um, that they want to, like, I don't know. They, they want to take the top off of you. So, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Tyler Jewell says uh, Jameis ran a 4 9 7. So, See, so it was like a five zero. Like I'm telling you, I know he he's. I mean, he's my quarterback. I know he wasn't athletic. He has Dwayne Haskins and him have the same type of. Thing. They can get out and run, but that that's not what they want to do, or that's not what they do best. Tyler, I love you, dog. And then uh, you had brought this up to me as uh, well. Virginia Tech opting out. Yeah, I'm tired of this shit. Go play some fucking football. What the fuck, man? 
opting out. I, speaking of the Notre Dame game, they said if they win this game and get invited to the college football playoff, they may protest it and not play because families can't come. Please don't play. Nobody wants you to play Notre Dame. Just just I'll, don't play. This. I'll say this. If Notre Dame ma- beats Clemson, gets into the college football playoff, is probably, I think, the two seed at that point. If Alabama 100% they're the two seed. Then there is no way the athletic director says you can sit. That's okay. Exactly. Uh, Brian no, Kelly, you, you don't have to show up, but we'll send somebody out there. Yeah, that's way too much money that that team would be losing if they don't show up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even still, like Virginia Tech opting out, they've got the longest active bowl streak of 27 years, and then they just, uh, we don't want to play. Like, I don't know. That shit just, I hate that. I fucking hate it. Like, it's, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, here's a question. I threw this one out to Jesse. Uh, Last episode, we were talking about Gus Malzahn getting fired, which I was surprised because he's done okay. I guess his big issue is he hasn't been able to beat Nick Saban, uh, except for the one, I think, national championship he won. So my question was, coaches that could take over Auburn and be successful, the big name right now is Mario Cristobal from Oregon. But I said, how about a guy who's won in the SEC in um, Urban Meyer taking over Auburn? Ooh. He's a great recruiter, so you're gonna get you know five star recruits. Why would he want to go to Auburn? Just to beat Alabama, you know. Nah, I mean, he's such a front running kind of guy. I mean, I don't think he'd go to Auburn. Um, man, I he mean, said, honestly, he said his dream job is Notre Dame. So I think if Brian Kelly decides not to show up, then hey, there's gonna be an opening. <laughs> I mean, when Notre Dame gets blasted by Clemson here this today, I mean, he may just have his job, Urban Meyer. All right, and then uh, I have our final thoughts section because I know we're going to get into our game. You said you wanted to do a little bit more research. I've got it. I'm ready to go. So. Okay. Well, then my yeah. final my final thought before we get into it, hey, you know, I'll come back to the final thoughts. Uh, I was going to say, you're going to do final thoughts before the final <laughs> of the show? What the, then it's just random thoughts. It's not final thoughts. Right. So, you can change the segment to random thoughts if you want. Okay, but let's just uh, – <laughs> favorites do you want to ask the first question that i'll get right or do you want me to ask you the first question? um i guess i'll ask it and i'm gonna start with an easy one i think okay um what is the name of billy crystal's character um miracle max yep so (laughs) oh you got a buzzer now (laughs) (laughs) and i have control over it too so oh man this is fantastic giving myself the right uh ringer there yeah. All right, so I'm going to start off with one that I think is easy because, again, this was the very first question I thought of for Happy I probably should have watched this movie before I decided to do this. Who is he paired with at the Waterbury Open? Oh, Bob Barker. No, that's the Pro-Am. Oh, oh, okay. At the Waterbury Open when he qualifies for the tour, who is his partner? I don't know. So <laughs> the answer is uh daniel lafferty right next on the t lafferty daniel and gilmore happy mm. so uh and actually daniel lafferty if you watch the scoreboard he's like in the top five uh for that whole tournament is he now yeah so he has a pretty good round so all right one zero what do you got for me now princess bride bring some bring some uh faster heat here. all right what are the what are the names of the three guys hired to kill buttercup uh vizzini Inigo montoya and uh Fezzik. <laughs> That's gonna be so much fun for me for the rest of this game. Is uh, it? Yeah. Time with that? I am. All right. Um, so this one's gonna be a little bit tougher because this is one that um, I actually had to rewatch to get the answer, but it oh. is spoken in the film. 
Um, well, I'm just going to start making you name movie quotes then. Like, Jesus. This isn't a quote. This is like a, a, a fact. So Kevin Nealon's character introduces himself to Happy Gilmore at the very first tournament. What's his name? It's really random. I only remember it because it sounds yeah. like something else. I don't know. It is Gary Potter. Wow. All right. Yeah, this kind of sounds like Harry Potter. But all right. So up to zero here again. The Princess Bride, one of my all-time favorite movies. I, I know so many quotes in the movie. If you want to do a quote game. but Oh, all right. right. How about this? Who wrote the book that the grandfather's reading to the grand? Ooh, that is a good one. That yeah. is a really good one. How about that? Because he does, he does say it. Yeah, uh, he says the Princess Bride by, um, yeah, I, I don't even know. I'm gonna say uh, Josh Brown. Oh. Uh, S. Morgan Stern. Oh, nice. Is the but, pen name of William Goldman. Interesting. All right, yeah. all right. Well, here's a chance to try to get something here. Uh, in uh, in what year did Sports Illustrated say that Chubbs would be the next Arnold Palmer? Oh, damn, I know this one. I don't know this one. You take a shot? 74. Uh-huh. 1965. Ooh, I was going to say 64, which is, ooh. But I was like, damn, that's way too early in racism. All right. So. All right. Um, all right, how about this? Um, the acronym, the R-O-U-S, what does it stand for? Rodents of unusual size. Right, yeah, that was an easy one. Um, so the, uh, <laughs> and this one, so Bob Barker mentions to Happy that he had won the Pro-Am with what golfer as his teammate? Oh, I know. Fuck me. I'm going to get all five of these wrong. Um, oh, my God. I won this with last year. Uh, Mickelson. Uh-huh. Nick Faldo. Nick, that's it. Fuck me. <laughs> uh, God, I knew that one. I knew that one. All right. So what do we got here for the Princess Bride? Um, hmm. All right. I'll go with this one. I think, I mean, I think it's an easy one, but. Um, They're all easy to me. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> uh, what is the name of the six-fingered man? Count Rugen. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is hitting the bell before you tell me I'm right. Just <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, I should have found a better quiz, huh? Yeah. Uh, all right. So I've got my uh, fifth one here for you. What size jacket does Shooter wear? Uh, thirty-four long. It is a 44 long, and his, his right arm is a little bit longer than the left. A little bit longer than his left. It's a 44 long. I hate this game. <laughs> I smoke too much weed to, like, remember this kind of stuff. Um, That's a fun game. I had actually a sixth question for you. I don't have it written down here, but I don't. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Do I have question. another one, or am I done? Oh, you can bring up any. I'll get them all right. I mean, that, that, the book one was a good the author. That was a really the book good one, one. That, was a, that was a good one. I'm, I did like that one. Um yeah, I guess I'm out, huh? My favorite uh, Princess Bride trivia question. If somebody says that they know the Princess Bride, I'm like, ah, ah, ah. 
<laughs> like Eddie Murphy in Coming to America. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, is what is the name of Indigo Montoya's father? Because they only say it once. Ooh, do they? That would have been a good one. But you'd obviously known it, right? He says, uh, I swear on the soul of my father, Domingo Montoya, you will reach the top alive. Oh. Uh, how many perfect kisses are there in the in since the invention of the kiss? Five? Yeah. yeah. Well, this game sucked. Yeah. yeah. You should have found one like – the stuff I wouldn't know is things like, you know, what actor played, blah, blah, Yeah, blah, I didn't blah. want to do that. I saw a lot of that. And then, yeah. like, who said this in the movie? I didn't well, want I to do, do that. Those. Yeah, I didn't want to do those. And then it was, like, specific, like, like what's the most uh, most said phrase in the movie? Oof. As you wish. Yeah. Um, so, but like, you know, obviously inconceivable. And then my name is Inigo Montoya prepared to die was, was like one and things like that. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to go like too wild. You know, I thought Jesse went a little rough with some of his questions. Well, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, it, it, I know, I know I get it, but like, I didn't want to, and also I didn't prepare. So, and, and I didn't want to like, uh, with Jesse's, um, like he had the, how many stickers are on the, the body. Yeah, uh, and, and I should have known that one. I said sixty-two in my mind because when I watched the movie, I remember it translates out to they have to win like ninety-five yeah, games. Yeah, and, and I couldn't remember they already already won thirty because I think he says in the in the meeting with Charlie, he says thirty and thirty-one is hardly a bad job. Yeah, so <clears throat> I don't know. But, so and that's a great one too. You know, what, what where did uh, Lou Brown work before he got the uh, the job as the manager? And it was uh, Tire World, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before that, it was uh, the Toledo Mudheads. I mean, I had, I mean, I knew most of the um, Remember the Titans ones. I tried to keep them easier for them. Um, like I said, it just, I didn't like want to. I knew Bertier's number. Um, I didn't know uh, Rev's name. I knew Sunshine's name. Um, but he yeah, said he did too, and he said he wanted me to. He wanted me to bring up sunshine, sunshine. Of course, me. yeah, Ronnie Bass. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I knew, I knew uh, Rev because when uh, Lastic is being interviewed up at the front, and he's like, "I eat with Jerry Harris." That's Rev. Or, mm-hmm. People call him Rev because he's always preaching. People call him Rev. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So my final thoughts, uh, as I was saying before, is. And I have some video for this one. Is the transfer of UCF quarterback uh, McKenzie to Florida State? McKenzie and, Milton, yeah, yeah This one didn't make a lot of sense to me. I know Florida State's kind of like they'll take whatever they can get, and I know that he's got something like seventy touchdowns, seventy-seven touchdowns in his career at UCF. But he's a completion percentage for his career of like sixty-one percent. I think it was fifty-eight percent before he got hurt. Uh, I mean, that wasn't his game. I mean, he was a running quarterback now. I mean, obviously his leg has been shattered. So, see, I mean, he runs the ball. Uh, I mean, obviously his leg's been shattered, so who knows? Um, He left UCF because the player who's currently playing is, like, his best friend and his old high school quarterback or some shit, and, like, they don't want to go against each other in a competition. And so he just transferred out. And, I mean, I get it. FSU's in a tough spot, man. They're a bad program right now, and they need anything. And – you know, if Mackenzie Milton doesn't pan out, oh well. You know what I mean? It's not a big deal. If he turns out to be, you know, 80% of the player he used to be, they've got a shot to, you know, finish second or third in the ACC. All right. I always thought of Florida State's quarterbacks as being more pocket passers than, you know, scramblers. You've, I mean, a pocket passer, yeah? 
Yeah, but I mean, even still, like they've got to. I mean, you've got to adapt and figure figure new things out at this point. You know, like what was working isn't working. So, all right. I did think of it so, because we have a little bit of extra time. I wanted to throw a couple more uh, happy Gilmore questions at you. Let's see. Uh, let's. I'll miss some more. Let's do uh, it. These ones just should be some easier ones. These are uh-huh. ones I didn't include because I thought they'd be too easy. Like what? I is mean, ben- I, I probably should have watched the movie. It's been a while. Like Ben Stiller's uh, character name, the the orderly. What is his name? I don't know. Uh, it's Ron. It says on this, it's like I know it says it on his name tag. He is my world now. Um, yeah, I definitely should have watched the movie. Is the issue? There's a lot of those. Uh, like, how about this one? Should be really. What's the the girl's name that uh, Happy Gilmore falls in love with? Because not getting that is really unprepared. That's like crazy easy. I can literally see him saying her name and I, I can't think of it. I'm trying to think. I don't remember him saying her name on ton. He, he calls her, uh, Hey, uh, public relations lady. I remember at one point, but they do say her, <laughs> hey, public relations lady, but they do say her name when she gets out of the limousine when he's like, Hey, who's the girl? Yeah. I don't know. Virginia Bennett. Oh, it is Virginia Bennett. Um, I didn't even realize that was the same actress from Modern Family for like God, the longest time. And yeah, then I was like, oh my God, that's fucking uh, the mom from Modern Family. I used to have the biggest crush on Virginia Bennett. It was, well, it was she was most recently in um, Hubie Halloween, which is uh, Adam's yeah, Taylor movie. Which, new movie, and, yeah. It's awful. It's absolutely it's awful. It's terrible. So um, bad the worst it's uh, one of the worst movies he's ever made like jack little, and jill little nicky's pretty bad too little nicky was amazing watch oh, your God. mouth awful watch awful. your mouth little nicky was fantastic after big daddy he just spirals down and no just, eight yeah. crazy nights was fantastic uh, uh you're just a grinch who doesn't <laughs> like jewish people so okay. so yeah. you're a sexist anti-semitic right now awesome <laughs> That's where the show has been. <laughs> no, I think uh, I watched the movie. I'm going to crap on another movie right now, too. Hobbs and Shaw. Don't oh, movie's awful. Hey, honestly, we got time. Let's talk the games today. I forgot. The Bills play today. Who else plays today? Oh, the NFL games today? Yeah, there's two. All right. I, I completely forgot. That's right. It's Saturday oh, yeah. football. Let's, let's run those down real quick. I mean, why not? I know you won't have graphics or anything, but yeah, – yeah. Um, you know, we got time and and fuck it. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? <laughs> That's like the only one you would have gotten right. But <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even say it right. It's green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? Um, all right. Yeah, we got yeah. Bills, Broncos, and Panthers, Packers today. So Bills, Broncos, the line's at minus five and a half Buffalo. Um, it's at Denver, though. Um, let's see. What do we got the over-under at? Over-under's at 49. Damn, is it snowing? I don't know. I'm going to say uh, give up the points and take the under. I think Buffalo is just – I mean, not Buffalo. Uh, Denver is really, 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 really bad. Um, and I, I give up the points, but I like the over. Really? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to score that many points. I think Buffalo can score 30 in their sleep. I guess Denver would have to score 19 at that point. Yeah, I'll take the under. I'll take yeah. the under. I'll take the under. Because I could see like a 30 to 13 score. And then uh, Green Bay and the Panthers. The Panthers, to me, are the most um, disappointing team of the season, I think, because I really thought they were going to be really good with Teddy Bridgewater. 
Um, I know Christian McCaffrey got hurt for like five or six games. That's kind of big. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that, that Aaron Rodgers, I think, is your MVP right now. I think that he's uh, going to win this game as well. Can I, I call that or what? Yeah, that's pretty well. I mean, I think Mahomes is still in it, but I think. Well, yeah, he definitely is, but I, I think right now, Rodgers, I mean, nobody was thinking Rodgers for MVP. And I mean, I love that guy. You, you light a fire under his ass, he'll beat you. I mean, eight points is a lot, though. Is that what the spread is? Eight points? Yeah, I got it at eight. Um, and then the over under at 52 and a half. I take the over. Um, and then even though the Panthers have had trouble putting the ball in the end zone, they get a lot of yards, but they have a trouble putting the ball in the end zone. Uh, I'm still going to take the over on that. And I would say give up the points. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers wins by a couple touchdowns. I think so too. Aaron Rodgers likes these kind of games, like, you know, 8 15 primetime on a Saturday. Like, He's gonna fucking own that market. So, I mean, like, let's be. This is how you win MVPs. You ball out on days like today. So, I mean, I fully expect him to to crush tonight. I'll, I'd take the points in the over as well. Let me ask you because this will be one of my final thoughts. Is uh, so I live up here in New Hampshire. For those of you who don't know, and <laughs> New England Patriots fan, obviously. And around here, sports radio, talk radio, TV shows, they talk about the Patriots twenty four seven. Even in the off season, it's all they talk about is the Patriots. Um, and so you know everything about every practice squad player, everything. Uh, but I'm curious down in Tampa, I haven't heard Josh Rosen's name. I don't know if you hear, well, because like I hear about practice squad players if they're doing well around here. You know, I'm curious if you've heard anything like, is he playing well in the practice squad? Does it look like when you know he's going to be an heir apparent? I mean, he's not even on the regular roster, so probably not. But I've always really liked Josh Rosen. Um, the the idea of him being the heir apparent is not dead. Let's put it that way. Like. Like, nobody's mocking a quarterback to Tampa right now. I mean, there are a couple, but, like, that, I think it's a little off because everything inside is do they take a quarterback or do they trust Josh Rosen? So it's not really – like, we haven't, like, sold Josh Rosen up the river and said he, you're not going to be our guy. The issue is he's not a part of the actual 53-man roster and he's not sitting there learning from Tom Brady every day and, and things like that. So – I, I don't really know. You know, obviously we'll see a lot in the off season. I mean, I know that's a kind of a blanket statement. Obviously we'll see a lot and, and telling what happens. But, I mean, if he gets, you know, upgraded and, and we cut the current backup quarterback or, or something like that, if we don't take a quarterback in the draft, I think that's very telling. I think in terms of play style, too, I think that Josh Rosen fits that air raid offense a lot better. Much than better. Much, much, much better. The only thing with him, too, is, is, like, can you get over the mental things, though? Like, obviously, the talent's there, but, you know, he's never been there mentally, and, and that's always been the issue. So I just don't know if that's able to, like, just break all of a sudden. What, what is it mentally? Because I thought he was an arrogant, cocky kid. He was. He always has been. I mean, the issue was is he was crowned the number one pick at UCLA after his, I think, freshman season. Um, like he was essentially Trevor Lawrence. He was the can't miss number one guy. Well, then he played like shit the rest of his college career, but people were still very high on him, obviously. But he had that arrogant talk of, well, I'm just the best. I'm going to go. And, and, and I mean, you want your quarterback to be confident. Don't get me wrong. I love Baker Mayfield and his bravado and things like that. But you also want him to be reserved and know when to bring it in and not be cocky. You know, there's there's a huge difference between confident and cocky. Any women, any woman on the planet will tell you that. She can immediately see a guy and realize if he's just showing out or if he's just really a confident person. And and Josh Rosen, I think, is just showing out. Because I was going to say that Tom Brady might be the complete opposite of that. Because Tom Brady, I think, 
oozes confidence. Exactly. But he doesn't, but doesn't say a word. Exactly. And he's done it since the day he walked onto the field. Let's be fair. Obviously, 20 years into a career where you're the greatest quarterback of all time, you can walk around like you got fucking Mjolnir in your pants. You know what I'm saying? For those who don't know, that's Thor's hammer. Uh, so, like, I get it. Like, Tom Brady's one thing. But, like, even still, like, all, I think, the great quarterbacks, even the better – like, Patrick Mahomes walked into the league – walking around like he was the best guy in the league, even though, like, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't, like, say that out loud. But, I mean, he still has never said that out loud. Patrick Mahomes is probably one of the most humble dudes on the planet. And, I mean, but he oozes confidence. I mean, like, fuck. I mean, you look at the guy and you're just like, Jesus, I, I, I'd i follow him anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's a special trait that not a lot of guys have. Well, you know what is even rarer than that, I think, is how about a guy who – does not come across cocky, like ultimate humble, and does not ooze confidence in any way, but just dominates. And that, to me, I think Barry Sanders. Yeah, that's actually, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty apt example. I mean, I, I bet you couldn't name another player on the planet who does that, though. I can name a lot of cocky players. but <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, another player who's like, doesn't even like because a lot of guys that are good like it's like I don't know maybe Larry Fitzgerald he does lose confidence to me he's just so happy-go-lucky that like you know you don't think he's like like worried about a thing in the world um he's he's easily the most likable guy in the NFL yeah, I'd say you know Julian Edelman, but he oozes. He's actually even cocky a little bit. He's he's cocky. I mean, the he's definitely cocky, especially because like his outside the field stuff. All right, well that's kind of a fun to kind of shoot the proverbial turd here at the end of the yeah, show. Yeah, of course. I always love doing that. Uh, I'm gonna throw it to Kenny because I haven't done it in a while. Yeah, for uh, sure. I don't have anything clever to say. Um, so <laughs> let's go Gators. How about that, man? Let's All fucking right. go. Go Gators, I guess. Uh, nice. You gave me a go Gators, Wayne. I appreciate yeah, it. I don't really care. So. I know, but, I mean, it'd be fun to see Alabama lose, wouldn't it? It would be. That yes. would really throw a wrench in the playoffs. They're still going to make the playoff if they lose. Yeah, exactly. But then that's when shit gets chaotic. Like, because then Alabama drops how far? Like, does Clemson shoot to one if they beat Notre Dame? And do you leave the SEC champion Florida out who just beat Alabama, like, do you put in the Big 12 champion? Like, nobody gives a shit about the Big 12. Like, Texas A&M, are they just left out there on the cold? I mean, I really hope Florida wins just to throw the whole shit into chaos. I would like that, and I'd also uh, – obviously, we're going to see 5-0 and Ohio State in there, so. Yeah, I mean, there's no way they're not in at this point. Um, it's a joke, but it's a – but, you know, good for them. Wouldn't it be amazing if they did leave them out? Like, if the college football committee says, you know what – like that would like if like let's say this Notre Dame Notre Dame loses to Clemson by like a last second field goal. Sure. Florida blows out Alabama. Yeah. Then you have to keep those four teams in, and and then what do you you push Ohio State out? That's what I said. I'd say push yeah. Ohio State out for Florida. Yeah, I mean, especially if Florida like if Florida goes out there and dominates Alabama today and and beats them by twenty, you know what I mean? You for one, you you can't just not put Alabama in like you said Alabama's been the most dominant team in the country the whole season so they would fall to like three or four and then Clemson and, oh man that would be insane that would be nuts, yeah. that would be nuts. Is, uh, I'd like to see uh, my former high school rival uh, Ryan Day uh, you know oh, that would be so amazing and I hate Ohio State so that would be so amazing 
Well, Kenny, uh, is this season just getting started for Ohio State? <laughs> oh, my God.